the first thing that we must see is that when we look at how that relationships matter, that we must understand that there is nothing more important than relationships. There's nothing more important than relationships. The question is why? Because God created us for relationship. That is our purpose. That is why we were created. Go back to Genesis chapter 2, when God created man, that God did, he, he looked down and after he had created everything else, he decided to create man. And even further on in, in the book of Genesis, we see how that God would come down from heaven and the Bible says that he would walk the earth and that he wanted to have relationship with man. He wanted to relate to us. He wanted to, to fellowship with us. We were created for the single purpose of having relationship with God. He had the angels, but he wanted somebody that had a piece of him, that was like him, that had the ability to think, that had a free will to have relationship with him. So we were created to have relationship and so that means nothing else in this world can be more important than the one thing you were created to do. Work, uh, money, um, entertainment, whatever it is that, that you think of, nothing else can be more important than that. For, friends, I have to, be, have to be transparent in the fact that relationships have not always been my thing. They haven't always been my thing. That I, I don't know if it's because maybe I... I changed schools a lot, so I had to make new friends or, or because of things that might have happened in my life or people that I felt, you know, turned their back on me or went out of my life. But, but I didn't value relationships. I, I in essence, kind of kept it moving. You know, if you moved, I was, you know, I just kept going. And I didn't stay in contact with people. I didn't stay, you know, connected to people. But there was a point in my life where I was going through some things and I realized I was alone. I didn't have nobody to call. I, I, didn't, I didn't have nobody to, to get advice from or, or, or to just hold my hand or be by my side because relationships didn't matter to me. And friends, that's what happens when, when, when we, we start putting other things ahead of relationships. Yeah, I was out there working hard. I was trying to get myself established and, and make as much money as I could and, you know, do all these other things. But I forgot about relationships. Mm -hmm. Friends, there is nothing more important than the relationships we have in our lives. Mm -hmm. First, the relationship that we have with God. Mm -hmm. And then the relationship we have with one another. This is what God is trying to get us to see. And this is what we, we want to focus on this morning. Because it's, some of us will say, well, well I, I'm good with God. You know, my relationship with God is good, but I don't need nobody else. Your relationship with God can't be right if your relationship with everybody else is not. Amen? Amen? You, 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 can't, you can't not have relationships with other people or, you know, kick other people to the curb or not love other people or be there for other people and say, but me and God are tight. It, it just doesn't work like that. Because how we show our love for God is how we love one another. So if I hate you, who God created and God loves, and God wants to have a relationship with you, and I say I hate you, then what am I saying about, my, about God? Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm hating the one that created. If I hate you, then I have to hate the creator of you, right? Mm -hmm. 
See, see, that's what we have to we have to think about, that we have to understand in our approach to each other. That, that's the reason why Jesus said, love God first. But he didn't stop there. It would have been easy to say, just love God. But then he had to put that at your neighbor as yourself. And that's like, ooh, gotta love it. You know, and then we say that, love everybody. It's like, everybody? You know, everybody. You know, somebody, some, everybody. Okay. But it's not about the people. It's not about who they are. But it's about who you are and who you're connected to with God. The second point is this. Put it on the screen because I don't have nothing in front of me to tell me. Um, The second point is this. The second principle says, don't be attracted to the things that detract us from relationships. Don't be attracted to the things that detract us from relationships distract us from relationships. Now let's go back to our love connection in the beginning. We had Dorcas, who Dorcas was all about the money. Relationship was okay, but if you broke, mm-mm. So I know someone went in there and was like, no, that's right. <laughs> you can't be broke, you know. Um, but she was all about the money. Then we had Destiny, who was all about the fun. Um, relationships were, were, were okay, but it was all about the fun. And, and, and many of us live life that way that, you know, when, when you're in the grind and you're trying to get ahead in life, that, that before you know it, you'll be pushing so hard to try to make that money, trying to, uh, to elevate on the job, trying to be successful, trying to do all these things. And before you know it, you've left everybody behind. Satan will use those things in our lives to distract us from the thing that is the most important in our lives, and that is relationships. He, he, he uses that. And, and it is nothing wrong with us pursuing success. Nothing wrong with us wanting to live life happy and have things in life. But when we put those things in front of God in our relationship, then that's where the problem kicks in. God is not interested in what you accomplish in life. He is interested in you living a life that's connected to him and pleasing to him. Let me say that again. God don't care about your accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, he, he, does not, he, he does not care. He, he enables us to do those things, but, but you can go to God and list out all your credentials. God, I have an MBA. I, you know, I'm a vice president on my job. I make six figures. Um, I received this award, this award, this award, and God will be like, and I'm God. You, we, we can't impress God, right? But, but, but isn't that what we do? We, we, we roll out our long list of, uh, of credentials and our long list of things that we've accomplished. And, and, and we say with that, that that makes me right. You know, that uh, of course I'm close to God. Look at all that I've done. But God does not care about your accomplishments. He cares about how you live your life and how you treat other people. Man, I mean, because think about this. You could not accomplish anything without him. So they're really not your accomplishments. You know, put it in perspective. They are not your accomplishments. Everything that you've accomplished in life, everything that you have in life is by the grace of God. It is because God had enough favor on you to allow you to accomplish and have what you have. That, you know, you know, some people see, try to figure out what's the distinguishing factor between people who have and people who don't have. Well, the distinguishing factor really is hard for us to understand because we, don't, we can't ever really grasp the favor of God. 
we can't really understand why God might bless some people with something and bless and not bless other people with, with the same thing. The only thing we do know is that God's grace is the determining thing behind why we have what we have. That's, that's all. That's it. That's the, this is grace of God. So it doesn't make us better if we have. It doesn't make us less if we don't have because by God's grace, we could be in either situation. And wherever we are, that's where he wants us to be. So, so let's look at money. Because money is, a, is, is one of the main things that we put ahead of God. Amen? Amen. Man, when, when it gets time... You know, if you know, if you've been on, none of you've ever been on this side, you know, and you see people when it's offering time, and you see people kind of struggling, you know, they like they pull that wallet out and then they kind of look, and they know what they probably should be putting in, but they're like, mm-hmm. and then they'll, you know, and it's interesting. You just, I wish I could video it sometimes, but I can't do that. But 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 money is a struggle for us. It's one of the biggest things that we put ahead of God in, in relationships. Um, money is the reason why most relationships end. It's one of the leading factors behind divorce. Um, financial struggle is one of the leading uh, factors behind divorce because at the end of the day, when things aren't adding up the way they should and we're struggling, somebody says, I can't take this no more. I could do bad all by myself. I just knew some of the women in here was going to be like, amen. Because men never say that. That's always women that say that. I can do bad all by myself. Um, but, but money, look at what, what, what uh, Jesus said. He, he, said uh, he said this when he was challenged with the question of money. He said, you cannot serve both God and money. You either hate the one and love the other, but you can't serve both of them. You have to choose which one is the most uh, important in your life. Don't we struggle with that decision when it comes to our tithing and our giving? When it comes to uh, giving and blessing other people? When it comes to when, you know... Things aren't adding up, and 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 we're we're trying to make you know ends meet. Um, you know, don't we struggle with that? That 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 money begins to have more of a priority. Friends, I'm not saying that that money is not needed. It's needed in this society, but without God, again, you wouldn't even have any money. See, see, you see that it's about getting things back into priority and back into perspective because he is the giver. He is the giver of all things, creator and giver. And so without him, there would be no money for us to have. And so when we look at when we look at money and and we look at uh, uh, its importance, can we serve both of them? No, because money has the ability to, to go from just something that I need to something that I want and something that I got to have and something that I need more of. And before we know it, we're living, living a life of greed. If you ever wonder why people that are rich are rich and they get richer because people that are rich want to be more, they want more. You're never going to find a rich guy just saying, oh, I'm, con- I'm content being a, a millionaire. They're always looking to make more money. Because there's something about the appetite that once your appetite gets wetted with money you have that you want to have more and more and more. On the flip side of that, though, look at people that are rich and that are famous in our society and look how lonely they are. Mm-hmm. 
But, but because there is a point where you can have so much that then you don't trust anybody. You start to separate and put a fence around yourself because you think, and, and it's often true, that all people want from me is my money. They want, they want what, I can, what I can do for them, what I can give them, you know, what they can get from me. And so most people live a life that are rich and have money as their priority, live a life of loneliness. Friends, God wants us, he wants to bless us with money, but he blesses us with money um, to show us and to teach us how to be obedient and use that money how he desires for us to use it in our lives. That's the reason why the giving thing is so important. It, it, It shows God that money is not so important to me that I can't let go of some of it. That, that, that I'm not so stingy with it that, that, that I can't turn around and give some of it back to you. And that the principle of Malachi, bring you the tithe into the storehouse, that 10%, we're basically saying I'm giving back to you a portion of what you've given me. And, 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 and God went so far to say just try it and watch what will happen. That, that, that I'll open up a window of heaven and pour you out such a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive it. Friends, if we will try God and focus on our relationship with God and not so much on what we think we need to do with our money, then we will see that God will make the ends meet. He'll end up making things work out and he'll end up blessing us with more. So what about jobs? Jobs is the other thing that we, we make more important than our relationships. It's a struggle, especially for men, because we have been crowned with that responsibility uh, of being the provider. Mm-hmm. And so it's a challenge for men, you know, to, to, to balance that role of being that provider, but then not being such a provider that I can't be there for my family. Mm-hmm. But friends, think about this. We were not created to work. Mm-hmm. We were created to have relationships. Work was a, is a byproduct of sin. Go back to Genesis. Let's go back to Genesis. The Bible says when God created Adam and Eve and put them in the garden, he provided everything they needed there. They didn't have to do anything. All the food was there. Um, they, they had everything. They were in paradise. But when they sinned, God kicked them out of the garden, and a part of that uh, removal from the garden was this curse. God said, for man, you will have to now work by the sweat of your brow to produce what you need. And then for women, that whole pain with childbearing thing, yep, that's your part. So think about about that. Just blame Eve when, when you have those children. Amen. But, 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 but so, so that lets us know a critical thing, that God did not create us to work. Work is a necessary component of life because of sin. So if we weren't created to work and we were created for relationships, then we can't put work ahead of relationships. So, 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 then, so then we have to ask ourselves the question, how can I balance what I know that I need to do, especially for men, I need to do for my family, but balance that against the relationship that I need to have with God and that I need to have with my family. Friends, you, we, we have to learn this principle. Again, nothing comes before our relationship with God. I struggle with this. I wake up every morning and I get ready. Sometimes I, I wake up later because I don't want to get out of bed. And I know I got to go all the way to Dallas. And I'm sitting here trying to figure out, am I going to get on the train or do I want to drive? And I go through all that procrastination. And I wasted all that time. And, and then I end up having to rush out the door. And what have I forgotten to do? 
pray and do my devotion. And I say, oh, well, I'll do it when I get to work. I can do it when I get to work. You know, I, when I get in the office, I'll put my stuff down. I'll do my devotion real quick. And, I'll get, and then when I get to work, what happens? All the above. Before I even get to the door, somebody's asked me a question. The phone might ring. I forget about it. Or I get in there. And because I'm late, I'm trying to catch up and hurry up and get things done. And so now I put everything else before God. And so by the end of the day, I haven't done any devotion. I haven't prayed. I have not, I have not cultivated my relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Friends, work is good, but we cannot let it supersede what we should be doing with God. No day should start without God. No day should start without God. Your relationship with him should mean so much to you. That you can't get out of bed and do anything else until you've prayed, thanked him for that day, and until you can spend just a little bit of time with him. You know, we talked about that last week um, uh, or in, in the last series, Reset. That was one of the things, trying to develop that 30 minutes of Bible study in our lives. Because, friend, it's important. You can't serve a guy that you don't know. How you going to have a relationship? Let me put it like this. Okay, I'm Darren. I'm just going to pick on you. You and Chad go out on this date, and, 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 and things start kicking it off and everything, and, and y'all just decide to be boyfriend and girlfriend, but you don't know absolutely nothing about Chad. Now, how, what kind of relationship is that going to be? Chad could be a serial killer. Darren doesn't know. She's like, well, he seems cool. Let's, you know? We can't have a relationship with God if we don't know anything about him. That's what those 30 minutes, that time of devotion is about. It's about getting to know him, uh, letting, opening your heart to him so that he can hear from you and so that you can hear from him so that you can know more about him. So, friends, nothing is more important in our lives than relationship, relationships, not money and not work, not anything else. Third, third point, third lesson for the day is this. Relationships require all of us. Oh, boy. So when it gets sticky, it requires all of us. Jesus said in Mark 12, he said this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Everything. God is not a God of a portion. He's not, he's not a God of a little bit. God is a God of 100%. He gives 100% and he expects 100% back. Let's be honest with ourselves. How, do we give all to God? Do, do we give 75% to God? Don't, don't answer that. 50%, 25%, 10%, 5%. Do we give anything to God? Again, relationships require all of us. Not just with God, but with each other. You, you can't be in a marriage and giving 50%. Yeah. You know, people just talk about marriage is 50-50. No, marriage is 100-100. You know, it's not you give 50, I give 50. No, you give 100. I don't, where the other 50 going? You know what I'm saying? You only giving 50% to me? Where the other 50 going? <laughs> Think about that, huh? So think about that next time somebody said this is a 50-50 relationship. No, it's a 100-100% relationship. I need all of you, not just half. So, but, but, but 
Ooh, but that's how we that's how we operate with God. I'm God, uh, I'm gonna give you a little bit. I give you what I got. We give God what's left over. Right, I'm tired. Okay, let me say this quick prayer. Lord bless me. And then we fall asleep. You know, five percent, but not all. Think about this. Okay, he says, let's break this down. He says, give me, give God all your heart. The heart represents the emotional side. It represents the emotions. It represents feelings. That, that, that you can't be in relationship with somebody if you don't feel nothing, right? It, it, there's not an emotional connection. You know, you know in, the, in the beginning, you get those butterflies in your stomach, and when you first see them, you get all excited, and just the mere thought of them, and every slow jam song you can think of, you know, all those words apply to it. To it. You know, you're feeling something. You feel good. It's exciting. But that's what he's saying. I want all your heart. I want you to feel something for me. And the greatest example of this is King David. David was a, was a, was a brother that felt a whole lot of stuff. And, and he wrote it down in the book of Psalms. He would let God know how he felt about him. He would let God know how he was feeling about his life and his situation. He would let God know how he was feeling about things that were going on around him. He would let God know how he was feeling about other stuff and other people. But one thing about it, David let God know all about his feelings. He was emotionally connected to God. And that's the reason why God said this. David is a man after my own heart. Because he gave me all of his. He sought my heart so much. You know, think about this. When, 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 when you're pursuing somebody, you, you, it's a pursuing, right? You just don't sit back and like, hey, you know. You know, just like, you know, you, you do stuff. You know, you pop up where, they, where you know they're going to be. You're trying to call them, you know. You, you're doing everything. You know, you're pursuing them. You're avidly trying to gain relationship with them. Well, that's what God is saying. Pursue my heart. Just like David did. Pursue my heart. Pursue me. Love me with all of your heart. Don't hold back. Don't give me part of your heart. But then you want to give the rest of your heart to Satan. Give me all of your heart. Then he says, what next? He says, with all your heart. Then he says, with all your mind. Your mind represents your intellect. Your thoughts represents your intellect. The rational side of us. He says that in order to pursue God and to have a relationship with him, give him all of your thoughts. The Bible says it this way. He says, think on these things. Whatsoever is lovely, pure, whatsoever is good, think on those things. In other words, those things are all attributes of God. That, that scripture just basically lists out all the things that make God worthy of, to be praised in our attributes of him. He says, think on those things. Our thoughts have to be elevated. Again, you're pursuing somebody, you're just thinking about them all the time, right? In a new relationship, you stop thinking, you know, get older, relationships start getting older. You, gotta, you have to start making, you know, stop thinking about people. But, but in the beginning, it's like, oh, I can all things think. When you wake up, she's the first thing on your mind. You go to sleep, she's the last thing on your mind. You're thinking about her all day long. All day, all day. You're thinking about her. God is saying, hey, think about me all day. Put me at the front of your mind. Not an afterthought. That's, that's when relationships are giving all 
When, 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 when all throughout the day, I'm thinking, God, I'm thinking about your goodness. God, I'm thinking about your grace. I'm, God, I'm thinking about how good you are. God, I'm just thankful that you, that you uh, have given me what I have. God, just, you know, thank you for, for letting me make it through this day. All day long, I'm thinking about him. Give me your thoughts. This is why uh, in, in Romans it said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He's saying you, you change your mind and start thinking the way uh, that God wants us to think and be connected to him. Then he says, okay, so that's, that's mine. Then he says all of your soul. And your soul gets a little complicated. And it's not, you know, we start talking about spirits. People's like, ooh, you know, like ghosts and all that stuff. No, not like that. But, but, but the soul represents kind of that, uh, that, that deeper connection. It represents that deeper connection. It, it's hard to really describe it because... Is this. The Bible says that when God created man, he breathed into him the breath of life, and man became a living soul. It's a piece of God that he has placed in each one of us. It is the soul. It is the thing that, that deep down that drives us to want to seek him and to connect with him. It's the thing that, that drives us to, to, uh, to, to want to have relationship with him. The problem is, is that we typically fill that void with other things. We all have the innate desire to be connected with God, but we'll find other things to become our gods in our lives. And we try to fill those voids. Then he says the last one, he says, with all your strength. That's when that represents the physical. That represents uh, taking all of these things and putting them into action. It's one thing to talk about, I love God with all my mind, my, my heart. I love God, I love God, I love God. But we all know that love is an action word, right? It's an action word. You can say, don't tell me you love me, show me you love me. Amen? All right, yeah, we all know that. You heard that. Don't tell me, show me. Same thing with God. So, so strength is, 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 that, is, is representing putting all of this to action. That I'm just not saying that I love God with all, but I'm going to show him. I'm going to put to action all the things that we just talked about. I'm going to show him that he matters most to me. I'm going to show him that I'm seeking after him. I'm going to show him and how I love other people in my life, whether good or bad, whether no matter how they treat me, no matter who they are or where they are. I'm going to love them like Christ has designed me to love them. I'm going to show God how much I love him. Friends, relationships matter because we were created for them, bottom line. They matter because in the end, they're the only thing that's going to last. Relationships last for eternity. They don't, you know, we, we, we in this environment now where we have, you know, on again, off again, on and off again, break up, move on. But guess what? Your relationship with God lasts forever. How you choose to have that relationship with him, it's your choice. But it's going to last forever. Let me close with this. This past week was my, uh, Thursday was my mother's 79th birthday. And, and on that morning, of, my dad posted on Facebook this, and I can, I can remember specifically what he said. He posted it. He said, today is, is, my, is my wife's 79th birthday. And he said, they've been married for, and on March 10th, they'll be married for 42 years. 
And he said the unfortunate thing about it is that she has dementia and she really doesn't realize that it's her birthday. And he said, he goes on to say, and he talks about how he thanked God for the 30 years that he had, that they were able to travel all over the country to serve God, to go to, to, to conferences, you know, for church. And how she was there with him for 25 years as he pastored the church. Even sometimes he felt like that she might have worked harder than he did. And he celebrated that. Even though she couldn't remember, even though she might not, you know, can keep up with all of that. And he, he goes on to say, be, be thankful, you know, when you talk about having your health and strength and being in the right mind, really mean it. And be thankful for that. See, because you never know how life is going to change. But the one thing I add to that is no matter how life changes, relationships don't. Because in the end, relationships are what matter most. Every head bowed, every eye closed. God, we thank you for this, this day that you've given us. And we thank you, Lord, for this time.